Rental is all the rage in apparel right now, but what does it take to have been successful for nearly 50 years doing it? Welcome to Tell Me Something Good About Retail, the podcast of The Retail Doctor, and I'm your host, Bob Fibbs. My guest this week is Greg Goodwin, president of Friar Tucks. With over 30 stores in California and Nevada, their focus has always been about celebrating life's most important events. But what happens as top management ages out? How do you transition to the next generation? We'll find out answers to that and more, so let's get to it. So how did you start out in retail? I started out, this is a family business, like so many other companies uh, across the United States. And it was 35 years ago that I started out. I, I First of all, I married my uh, my wife is uh, the brother of our founder, Mike Meskel. He started the Friar Tucks 45 years ago, and so now I've been here 35 years. So it was it was something new and exciting for me. Uh, I left a teaching career. Um, both my wife and I moved our family to another state to join a family venture that we thought had opportunity to grow, and it sounded new and exciting. And and uh, boy, the rest is history. Yeah. So um, what was it like uh, 35 years ago in the time? Well, my goodness, 45 years ago. So uh, Mike started it uh, back in 74, I think, when I was still in high school. 74. Right. Yeah. And you're dating yourself. I am dating myself, my friend. Uh, I won't even tell. Well, I've told you the tux that I wore to my senior prom was that baby blue with the... um, ruffled shirt, which um, I think one of your uh, employee, uh, employees said, you know, if it wasn't for your dad having bought all of those, we may not have still been in business. Is that pretty yeah. much true? That <laughs> True. <laughs> yes. So, so um, what did you teach? Uh, I actually was an art teacher. I was an art teacher in Eugene, Oregon. And that's where, where wife and I met. And uh, when I first met her, I, I learned that my uh, future brother-in-law at that point, he had opened, just opened a tuck shop. And uh, I said, wow, a tuck shop. Wow. That's not, that's kind of unusual. And then at, as time went on, there was this vision from uh, uh, my father-in-law that he should have his daughter back in, in Southern California. And, <laughs> and uh, so there was a, a several year time when we all thought about it and we all thought about it and we actually started out with a little trial and I, I went in and, and uh, started uh, learning the business and it was radically different and, uh, but it was fun and enjoyable and, and uh, exciting to be part of something very different than teaching. Sure. Um, but I guess I used a lot of those skills in my career. And uh, so I would never say that teaching is not a good thing. It's a tremendous thing. Well, it is. I got my degree in, in uh, as a as a uh, music teacher. So there you go. Yeah. I mean, teaching is is, and I think that's kind of the foundation of what I've seen in your organization, right? That on the one side you have a customer base that is um, all going to somewhere hopeful and happy, which is which is typically um, a good thing. But also you have to have processes behind a business like yours. How many tuxedos do you rent? I mean in a year in the hundreds of thousands? Yes. Uh, I would say we're fortunate enough to be a little bit in that range. I don't know if we put a multiple on that, 
uh, hundreds, but uh, certainly we're very, very fortunate to have to have uh, customers that come back to us year after year, and and uh, you know there's always special occasions, and that you you hit on it, uh, you know that is really the thing that fuels our business is is special occasions, and uh, it's weddings, it's proms, it's quinceañeras, it's debuts, it's funerals, uh, and they're all special times in people's lives. And so that's one of the cool things about our business. And that so really when you were different. Yeah, when you were learning it, were were you actually helping people and measuring tuxedos and all of that to really get your feet wet? Absolutely. Yes. Uh measuring, selling, um, you know, in retail for us it was renting. You know, that was ninety five percent of everything that we did was was let people borrow the things that we brought in. And that was a very, very common um the way that that people had there was tuck shops all over all over uh the United States and there was many down the streets from us and uh that's all changed now it's very different but well, I yes, want to touch on that thing I want to touch on that real quick cuz you're right tuxedos were everywhere and I know there's been quite a shakeout in the formal wear business um is is it that people aren't getting dressed up as much is it that you were able to you know, used to be able to just have basically one tuxedo and rent that. What's what's changed in the marketplace? Do you think in the last twenty years? Oh, lots of changes. Um, there is some not dressing up casualization. Um, there's less weddings, uh, even though there's more weddings because there's more people. But the per capita of people getting married, so it's a little bit of casualization. Mm. Uh, and you know that maybe started clear back on on Casual Friday and sp- started to spill over into people's special events. Um, so those are those are some of the big changes. And, and of course, you know the, the um, consolidation that happened. And of course, we had a big box retailer join our industry in about um, 1999, and that started to really change things because now there was a behemoth retailer. Uh, that was here to uh, have uh, kind of not a specialty business. We're all specialty businesses, and they became a generalist who said, hey, we can do that. And with a big clout, they did a lot of that. So, you know, that, 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 that changed the industry. But so what changed in the industry? Another thing that happened is, is um, the cost of goods has changed dramatically. We used to get all our product used to be made in the United States, in uh, factories in New York, uh, in Baltimore, and then it went to the South, and then it went into offshore. And we used to be able to call up and say, hey, if we needed a guy to have a 58 long uh, tuxedo that we didn't quite have, but this is our customer's need, we could call and get it made in a, in a day or two. And now that's six months, and good luck getting one. Um, you, you're ordering completely differently. So uh, what has also happened is that cost of goods has declined dramatically. Suits are very uh, are less money than they used to be. Uh, cost of clothing in general, all clothing, because it's coming from overseas, has just dramatically gone down. So uh, renting and buying have come very, very close you know, what is the best option for that customer now? And sometimes um, buying is really um, makes sense for that person. And so now there are lots of people that sell products that um, aren't specialists at all, but they'll say, 
somebody will say, hey, I'll just go there and I'll get that suit or I'll get that garment to wear to my wedding. And so we have competitors that aren't specialists and in fact, know little about putting together the nuances and and really treating that customer and putting together a group. Um, But there are competitors. So those are some of the changes that you had had asked about. So what kind of a... I mean, when you keep talking about the nuances and you're a specialist, um, isn't it all the same if I go into you or somebody else to get well, a tux? I mean, you're going to fit uh, me and you're yeah. going to say this works. And Yeah, oftentimes there's a, there's a group of people, there's a vision of what the bride and groom want. And, and you know, it's really uh, our job to make sure that every detail is, is worked out so the fittings are done correctly. So every item matches the way that they want it to. And, um, you know, that is something that not every business is equipped to do. And that's what we do uh, consistently. And that's been our mission all along is to make that person you know, look and feel great for their special occasion. And um, I think that's one of the big difference makers is the attention to detail that we'll do, uh, both in fittings and in um, in the the way the garments look, the way they're pressed, the, you know, the fact that they were going to do a final fitting for them uh, right prior to their event. All those things are, are, are differentiators for us. All comes down to service. That's it. And I noticed that you not only rent tuxedos, but you now sell suits as well. I mentioned that we were in the beginning, probably 95% rental. And, and uh, that has changed dramatically. It, what we used to sell were tuxedos and cummerbunds and bow ties and formal shirts and stud and cufflink sets and those kinds of things. And we did it almost all during the uh, fourth quarter of the year when there's a lot of parties and a lot of dressing up and those kinds of things. But as people's taste changed, people began to want to wear suits and some very nice suits to special occasions. So we began to sell suits and that shift probably started about um, probably almost 10 years ago now where we really started to focus in on that and make that change. So we find ourselves selling to uh, wedding parties and um, group events of people that choose to purchase because they'd rather retain that. They'd rather have that for their own, or they'd rather do some special alterations that may be one of the things that makes purchasing a little bit better. So, um, so we've, we've gone in full force and now retailing and selling, it, you know, all kinds of men's accessories and, um, and suits are, uh, is a very big part of our business, but it's still oriented around people's special events. So uh, we keep coming back to that. Well, you just completed a promotion, our True Love uh, store photo caption contest. And yep. uh, I, I read that you, I think you just announced that last month. And uh, I love the fact that you give them like $4,500 package for up to seven groomsmen, I think it was, and $3,000 cash um, Do just to get press. Or is this something that um, it, is internal or how did you come well, about with was- the idea of it? We have have a marketing uh, team and a marketing director that is very oriented. And one of the things we did this year was really capitalize on a brand refresh that is happening and is we're probably in year three of a brand refresh for our Friar Tux brand. Uh, and, um, you know, there was a whole 45th anniversary um, 
group of an events that happened, and this was one of them. And it was we were working with a publicist and you know public relations firm, and and uh, this was one of the ideas to yeah get some recognition, get some publicity, have some fun, find out what people are thinking, engage people's creativity, and just you know. Um, have some fun. And, and it, it turned out that there was a competition between a couple of couples uh, and uh, that went right down to the wire. And, wow. um, and uh, so we had a chance to uh, uh, award the winner and hold up a big check and uh, have some fun with it. And their event is, I think, uh, next spring, if I'm not mistaken. Was that yes, March. Yeah. Uh, what, next what I March. love about it is it was, it was so on point to your brand. You know, it wasn't like you're going to do something really different it, it really tied back to you know everything that you like to say that you're there for life special moments and gave a face to the people who are actually using your products um it was uh, it wasn't my idea but it was a brilliant tie-in <laughs> well you support it so i think that's always i, good, I right? wholeheartedly support it uh that's i good. think there's a lot of creativity going on in our business and that's part of the fun of the brand refresh and that's part of the things that makes our um our um you know our employees all the people that work for us all the people that work with customers it kind of comes back to the idea that you know if we do our jobs right we have a lot of joy around our business because people are here for special special occasions and uh you know there's just so many so many neat things that happen um uh you, you know ar- around those events and that's what kind of makes this little different sizzle in our company that um i'm just you know blessed that we get to do that every day yeah what's been your biggest challenge in the last 3 years and how have you overcome it Oh, boy. Uh, biggest challenge, you know, um, some big challenges is that we're an aging, uh, aging first generation. So we've been working on, on how, how, does, uh, how does our founder, Mike Meskel and myself, who, uh, you know, have led this company, how do we transition to a next generation? So that's an internal thing. And that's, we're actively working on that. So that's an, imp- that's an important thing. All right, so you change. can't, you have to, you can't just like go from there. You have to dig in that for a minute. So that's got to be challenging because um, very different set of life experiences and expectations. And, you know, how do you navigate um, that kind of a, a, a structured turnover of the company? Is there anything, you know, like two or three points that you could share that you found, um, really helped well plan and plan is uh, get some outside help Uh, what you find is that you're really good at running a business um, but you're not good at um, at really organizing it in a way that it can run without you and there are um, uh, people consultants organizations and we've been blessed to find somebody who's very very good at helping organize and Mike and I are doing a lot of kind of letting go right now and um, uh, our team is actually energized uh, with new ideas and new visions that we've helped create those visions but it's the team around us that's trying to say hey we're going to do this to the next level and what you're getting is a lot of youth and energy and excitement in making um, making that change happen 
So that's one of the big things you ask what's happened and changed in the last mm. three years. That's definitely one of them. It's not necessarily the front end of retailing, but it is, um, it's definitely something that's happened. And then, of course, the other thing, um, I, if I switch gears, what else has changed in the last three years? It's, it's the reaction to online. And, um, you know, there is an online uh, rental service and certainly online sales. So, whole, so bringing that as part of our company and trying to navigate that, um, kind of setting us up to do both um, has been a challenge. And that changes some of your business models a little bit. And, um, you know, it, 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 it really has, you know, has been a challenge, but I think we're getting a handle on it. Um, um, but just when I say we'll get a handle on it, we probably aren't. <laughs> so uh, we're well, always trying change, to change. To your point, if you're used to, you come into the store, we go all out, we get you fit up, we suggest we you know, uh, look at all the possibilities that a fitting I would imagine is normally a half hour, at least I would think if you're realistic and if you do it as a bridal party, it's probably more than that. And you're going to get to know these people and then you're going to have them come back in in case the guy lost a little weight or gained a little weight or wherever it's going to be so that it's perfect. And now these are kind of faceless consumers who are on the web who probably are picking out more based on price, I would imagine. But regardless, um, that's it's a challenge because that level of service isn't something that um, a you can translate to, and then b that maybe they not maybe they don't value it as much, right? Because if they did, they'd probably right. come in. It's, well, it's it's a little bit of both, but um, what I'm what we're finding is that uh, it's not price driven. The hmm. uh, consumer that likes to order online is is a younger person that's very used to ordering online, and they may have been involved in 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 clothing um, um, purchases online already. They kind of tune into their sizes more, and they're they're saying, "I want something a high fashion, and I don't want to have to go that to that place." Hmm. So this is a segment of the population that's saying, "Hey, that is the way I want to do it." And, um, and so you're right, it's, it's difficult because we're, there is a replacement factor as there is in any online, you know, I mean, ask all the people that send, send back their shoes or, I mean, that's right. a very common part of the part of online ordering now. Uh, so we have to work, work with that. Um, but we, we really think it's a fraction because people still want to come in and look and feel and touch. And, but we have to look at our customers and say, hey, how can we serve you the best way that you want to be served? And that's been our mission, you know, with the change is to say, hey, there's a segment of the population that wants to be served this way. Mm -hmm. Are we going to let that go? Or are we going to be able to help accommodate that segment that wants to be served that way? And that's what we're, that's the big change that we're trying to accommodate. I think we, we, you know, years ago, we did these little uh, before technology was there, we used to ask every customer, is your event in Southern California or, or yes, or is it outside? And if it's outside, where? And so we used to, uh, we used to tabulate our, this years ago, we, we came up with probably 10% of our garments were actually headed to Vegas um, because there is a huge amount of weddings taking place in Vegas every year. And, um, you know, it's about, it's about a four hour drive 
and it's um, you know you've maybe even made that drive before, Bob. Uh, yeah. But, and uh, <clears throat> but it just we we know that there's more weddings taking place there than any place in the world. And we said, wait a second, uh, so many of our garments are already going there. Uh, there's people coming from all over all over the nation and actually internationally to be married there, and that we as specialists should be there. And so we sought out that opportunity, and in 2017 did something we'd been thinking about for years, and that was op- open into in that market. And since then, it's it's uh, it's seen a change because there's not as many weddings taking place in Las Vegas. It's dramatically dropped, but it's still probably um, well, it's still undoubtedly the number one wedding destination in the United States, and perhaps the then the world. So um, it's a fine place for us to to do business. Yeah. Well, I think that's really smart. You found out where your customers were going and then said, we want to be there when they go there. Um, right. That's, that took a lot of, uh, again, that took some research to figure out. I love that, that you asked them and, and then responded accordingly. We'll explore more in just a bit with Greg, but first, a quick word about Field Agent, our sponsor. Field Agent is an on-demand platform that furnishes businesses with in-store information, shopper insights, and services to drive product sales all through the Field Agent mobile app, featuring a panel of over one and a half million shoppers. In a matter of hours, you can get photos and data from stores everywhere. If you need in-store visibility and you need it fast, Field Agent is the solution for you. Visit www.fieldagent.net slash retail doctor for exclusive content. Now let's get back to it. What's one of the best or most worthwhile investments that you have made in uh, in Friar Tux? Oh, wow. Uh, the best or most worthwhile investments that we've made in Friar Tux. Um, you know, I, I, um, I'd have to say one of the things that happened to us uh, in 2010, I learned about an, a platform that would give us customer feedback. And it would help us establish what I didn't, I'd never heard of before is a net promoter score. And uh, we had always tried to understand what our customers thought about us. And um, we found this platform and we were getting about 2% of our customers to answer our surveys. And instantly we started getting about 14 or 15% of our customers telling us, uh, through a, a, a electronic interface, and we were being able to see keywords of what customers were saying. We established a net promoter score, which is something that um, many, many retail businesses uh, use to gauge how well they're doing with customers. And I say this is a good investment because I think it just coincided with, um, you know, the rise of Google and Yelp. And it really gave us every week verbatim comments, every day verbatim comments coming to my phone about what customers were saying about our company. And um, the first day I remember we had this uh, platform. I was actually on vacation on Catalina Island with my family. And all of a sudden, here comes all these comments about our business and uh, on my phone. And it was like, oh, my this is this is big, and um, since then we now have every store understands it every day, every um, 
uh, every week. Uh, we have uh, the Webby Awards that we ad admire the, the most wonderful comments. Uh, we re recognize the most wonderful comments. And from time to time, not, things don't go well. And it gives us a vehicle to actively follow up with those, with those people. And I think it got us out of our, got us out ahead of our, you know, in the going in the right direction in customer care, and um, you know our net promoter score has risen every year since we went on to this platform. And um, I'm just, uh, you know, for a small investment and in what it did for our company, it just gave us something really marvelous. And then does that, uh, that become part of? Does that become part of your uh, manager's uh, bonus or their evaluation? How well the yes promoter yes, score watched, is? Yes, watched every month. Um, watched every month. Uh, there are some 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 you know some small parts of their incentive programs that are tied to that, and um, we are uh, yes actively engaging every you know every month in it. So can you give me a time when um, you might have wondered, I, I could easily go back to 2008. I have to believe that would probably be for most people that would have been the, the, the year 2008 and nine when things suddenly went off the rails um, and we had to look for new ways to do things. Um, what changed in, in, a, in a downturn and do you get ahead of that or do you just try to write it out? What's, is there a, you know, a lot, some people are saying we're headed towards a recession regardless. Um, you know, obviously you've been around for over 45 years now. So you've seen things come and go, not just the uh, frilly shirts and uh, tight pants, but certainly <laughs> while styles have changed, but just business environments change. Um, how do you navigate that? Well, uh, that's a great question. Um, we're uh, we're a little fortunate during that last downturn. I, I think our uh, the nature of our business um, is a little bit immune um, to th to the downturns. Um, the, yes, the wedding market does get rocked during a downturn, but we're still people are going to have those events. And they're going to dress for those events. And the number of people in those events may go down. And the number of people invited to those events may go way down. Mm. Uh, but the fact that people are still going to have the event and they're still going to dress makes us a little bit more immune. And that was a long time ago now. It was 11 years. So <clears throat> I'm not sure how we, um, how we you know, are going to navigate the next time, which is coming. <laughs> But I'd yeah, like to think it's it's our you know it's our resiliency of our brand and our brand refresh and the fact that we will uh, still have customers that'll want to serve will serve and will still serve those customers um, the way they want to be served yeah. and um, um, you know so I don't look for you know I I I, I'll, I guess I'll pray a little bit here <laughs> that um, the downturn doesn't affect the, the market uh, for people dressing up quite as much as it might construction or right. real estate or something like that. 
And I think also with Amazon and some of these other companies, well, not Amazon, I don't think they've come into the rental business yet, but a lot of places have decided that rental is the place forward. And it would seem to me that the companies that really understand that, like you, um, can probably go through and um, ride that trend of rental more than newbies to it, because I think you probably know what's all in, you probably know what the lifetime value of a rented tux is. I mean, there must be a certain amount where it gets to a certain point and you're like, okay, that's out. Right. I mean, you bet it's continually, it's continually watched. Uh, some are fortunate to, to uh, have resiliency and, and live on because they were in born by granddad um, ah. you know, 10 times, uh, and it may be resiliency that it was born by a prom kid and, uh, is dead after one, one time. So, uh-huh. uh, uh-huh. It, it, it goes both ways, but whatever it is, it's watched very carefully, but it is interesting. You know, I'm reading about, um, you know, renewed clothing and, um, you yes. know, reselling clothing and, um, you know, how much, uh, money it costs to, uh, or how much environmental cost there is, you know, to producing clothing. And um, for us to be able to offer something that's a little bit green, um, you know, we're kind of kind of looking at those angles and, and, and think we're kind of in a good place. Yeah. Um, and um, so um, we want to continue that. And rental, renting clothing goes back i think our industry is 83 years old i don't have the exact year but i I think i calculated that earlier this year it's an 83 year old industry that may be going through kind of a challenge right now as a tuck shop as the traditional tuck shop but part of our refresh is to really you know we're celebratory clothing specialists we've we've those Mm. events will go on and the cost to purchase clothing may go up again making buying clothing more um, less affordable and borrowing it from us for your special occasion, the latest styles, the best fits, uh, all the attention to detail may become the thing that fueled us in the very beginning is going to still sustain us in the future. Mm. Yeah, so, I, think you're, I think you're right. Tell me what's the, uh, just, uh, what's the most outrageous tuxedo you think you guys have ever carried? Uh, uh, gosh, this was a question that is in our electronic press kit. Uh, we've had some, um, shamrock green requests. Uh, we've had, uh, definitely, you know, we've had so much fun with the true retro garments that we, we do own. Um, and, and people still want to, to see those retro garments. And when I'm talking about retro garments, I'm not talking so much the 80s now um, or or 90s, which has a distinct feel to it, and it's kind of coming back. But the stuff in the 70s with all the colors, uh, people still want to have those, and we do have some of those garments. They're uh, woven polyester, and they oh my um, weigh a couple of pounds. The, a right. coat weighs a couple of pounds, and I think if we put it in a landfill, it might it might be dug up years later, and they'd say, "What is this?" It's it's. I'm looking at an orange one in my office right now, with velvet collars and huge lapels, but people still wanna still wanna give that a whirl now and then. Well, it's interesting because we um, that's right. You know, back in that time, we were making a bigger statement. I think. Um, 
trends probably kind of go through more conformity and uh, and come out of it. And then you've got uh, the confidence level of the guy who's renting it, right? There's some guys who could pull that off, pull off yeah. an orange tux and you'd be like, dude, yeah. you're amazing. Uh, um, if I tried I, that, I, it wouldn't go over so well, I'm just saying. Right. I just had a, a, a good friend of mine that wanted to, he was going to be the father of the bride and his beautiful bride said, dad, you can pick out what you want. And so he says, okay, I'm going to go see Greg and Greg, we need to get something. So we dressed him up in this blue, some uh, blue tux, ruffles, giant uh, velvet bow tie. And he sent that two days before to his daughter and said, I picked out something and I hope you like it. And her reaction was, oh, gosh, now I'll have something old and something blue. And it went right. She didn't have any reaction. And so he was really kind of frustrated that his ploy to uh, uh, do a little trick on his daughter, uh, she was just cool and gel and, so, and didn't react. So I have to ask, did he end up wearing that or no? He wore a beautiful, all the other gentlemen were wearing black tuxedos. Uh, it was a Malibu beach front wedding and uh, all the gentlemen wore black tuxedos and he looked great just like all the other men. Nice. Well, good. Well, um, you know, this is, uh, this podcast is tell me something good about retail. You've been in it for, uh, what'd you say? 30 some years. Um, what, tell me something good about retail. What do you like about it? Oh, I think uh, kind of touched on it earlier, and it's just the joy that 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 we, particularly in our industry, get from customers that are coming to us. Um, and uh, I think that's the thing that we, you know, each and every employee. What you know, we could ask newly hired people or people that have been here a long time, and they'll kind of come back to that. Wow, everybody's coming here, and they've got something special going on, and it's fun to help them. And it's fun to help them plan. It's fun to help detail uh, the way they look. Um, and, you know, the, the fact that they're going to wear clothing, you know, we, 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 we have that purpose uh, that we want, that we believe you should look your best for life's important moments. And, and that's what I think is the good part about retail for us and that we get to do something really cool. I love that. Well, and again, clothing is such a symbol of um, of your individuality, but also your confidence level. And I think you certainly, a guy feels different in a tuxedo. I know I certainly do when I have uh, when I was conducting and putting on my tuxedo or or something when I'm about to go on stage or go to an event. You have a certain way of looking at yourself when you turn around and look in that mirror, and that's pretty amazing to be able to have that in your stores as well. So uh, I, I totally get that. Well, how can they find out more about Fryer Tux? Well, they can visit our, our website, FriarTux.com, and, uh, or, or find us on uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Pinterest, Twitter. And, uh, you know, you can call any of our stores, uh, and we'd be happy to answer any questions. Uh, we didn't cut touch on the fact that one time, many years ago, you were our customer. It was like a little series of blessings coming my way. I had a chance to get an, our new marketing director, Danielle Conte, who came through us uh, through our, uh, through from New York. And um, a few weeks later, she had agreed to come to work with us. Uh, she was moving to Southern California, a few miles away from our headquarters. What a blessing that was. And so as she was onboarding, just even a couple of weeks after that, she tells me, Greg, you should listen to this great or um, um, this 
this great newsletter I get every Sunday night. And so I signed up and uh, here I signed up and um, start getting the newsletters and they are very helpful and interesting from yours truly. And then one day you called me on the phone (laughs) and said, hey, I was your customer. And I was so thrilled that Bob Fibbs had called me on the phone and said, I used to be your customer back in the days when you were conducting in uh, yeah. in Long Beach. Yeah, exactly. Our original Lakewood store store in Lakewood was where you so, went. So just so everybody understands, their little store in Lakewood it was, it was in a little strip center, and you'd think that it was just this one-off little little store. I didn't think much about it, but I usually had to get uh, shirts and... Um, and I got the tuxedo there, just basic black. But uh, yeah, and cufflinks you would, you would do as well. So as we're talking, you know, and Greg's like, well, yeah, we've got like 30 stores now. <laughs> I was like, and it all starts from there. And didn't you tell me also that's still like your number one store? It is our number one store. And, it, and after 45 years uh, this spring, it got a complete refresh. And it's still in the little strip center. And it is kind of an icon right now because, um, you know, it's, I mean, I can't tell you how many brides, grooms, prom kids have come through that store to dress up. It's generations. In fact, we tracked down some three generation uh, customers in that store uh, for our 45th anniversary uh, in that location. So, and well, it was I cool love that, that you were there, Bob. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, I often hear people say that they want to, you know, they've been in business for five or 10 years and they'll say, um, so I think we're going to open, we're going to move. We're going to move to a new location. I'm like, well, why is that? They're like, oh, you know, it'll be better visibility, be this and this. And I always say, well, what will happen when you drive by your old site and someone else has opened you know, you're a gift store and they're open another gift store or you were a coffee house and some other coffee house. And they're like, oh, that won't happen. Of course it would happen. And the the thing you lose a job is you lose that attachment to location that your customers have. Because let's face it, if I used you in 1976, I'm probably not coming back there every week. I'm not coming back there every month. I'm not coming back there every year. But I will remember that's where I went, uh, you know, four or five years ago. And so it gives me the ability to, for word of mouth marketing, right? To be able to say, you guys have to go back and see Friar Tux. And I think uh, that has to be a huge part of your success is having that top of mind visibility. You know, um, uh, I was working with motorcycle dealers and they were, com- it's a competing brand with Harley. And, they, and they're like, nobody puts uh, our logo on their butt. And uh, I, I laughed about that. But you think about it, when you do a good job, you really essentially are doing that. You're branding that customer's mind that the only place I would go is to go back to your business because I had such success right. with it. Right. Right. So, so of that's course your business done. has legs. That's, that's the secret to it, my friend. Well, you've been gracious for your time. I got to let you go and, uh, and uh, find new things to not do so that your uh, second and third generation can take the reins there. And it's been a pleasure as always, Greg. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. Thanks, Greg Goodwin, for joining me today. You know, one thing I liked was understanding by figuring out they had so many tuxedo rentals happening in Southern California to go to weddings in Las Vegas, Friar Tux decided to open stores there to service their customers even better. You know, data is where it's at, my friends, and how you use it or skip over it are whether you are either evolving or staying stuck in your retail business. 
On the next episode of Tell Me Something Good About Retail, I'll speak with Ashley Merrill, the CEO of Lunia, and how she took an idea for having an upscale women's sleepwear brand and made it into a luxury brand with stores on both coasts. You won't want to miss it. I'm Bob Fibbs, the Retail Doctor. Thanks again for listening. Tell Me Something Good About Retail is the podcast of The Retail Doctor. Visit RetailDoc.com to learn what makes Bob Fibbs the authority on brick-and-mortar retail across the world who works with some of the biggest brands all the way down to the smallest mom and pops. As a listener of the Tell Me Something Good About Retail podcast, you can receive free information and guides when you visit RetailDoc.com and sign up for our exclusive weekly newsletter. For more information, to access the complete archives of past retail goodness, and to see about Bob speaking to your audience, please visit RetailDoc.com.